0: You're listening to the Seahawks Insiders. Geno looks, going to lay it up over the top. Got a man out there. It is locking. He has got it. Touchdown Seahawks. Getting you ready for Seahawks football every Sunday.
1: First and 10 at the Seattle 40. Play fake Stafford. Going to stop. Going to look. Gets hit. Goes down. Back in midfield.
0: Getting to him in the backfield is Daryl Taylor. Presented by Delta, the official airline of the Seahawks. Now, here's your host, Jen Mueller. Okay, this is John Boyle with Seahawks.com. Jen Mueller is not with us for this version of the podcast. We are instead doing a special fantasy edition of Seahawks Insiders. And to do that, we brought in the big gun, Scott Engel. You may know him if you're a reader of Seahawks.com as our Seahawks Fantasy Insider. He was also part of the inaugural class of the Fantasy Sports Writers Association Hall of Fame. He is Scott Engel. And Scott, tell our fans besides Seahawks.com where they can find you.
1: Thanks a lot, John. Great to be with you. Uh, They can follow me on on, uh, social media at Scott E. The King. Uh, you'll hear me talk about my rankings today at some point. They're, they're on Seahawks.com under the news tab, Fantasy Insider. You want the expanded rankings? They're at RotoBowler.com. My work appears regularly NFL and Fantasy Football at TheGameDay.com, and you can also listen to me on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio uh, Sunday nights from five to seven PM Eastern.
0: All right. So there you go. You can find Scott all over the place talking about and writing about fantasy football. Before we dive in, I'd like to just take a quick moment to acknowledge the very sad news yesterday, the passing of Alex Collins, a real beloved player here in his time with the Seahawks. Our thoughts go out to his family, friends, teammates, everyone who is touched by him. I know he had a big following down in Arkansas as well. So all the fans down there as well. So um, very sad news yesterday. We wish everyone the best.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, Al- Alex Collins, drafted by the Seahawks, uh, came back for what was an impressive run, and you know, just with his with his dance steps and you know, very tough runner. But and you know this, John, he was very well,
0: highly regarded in the clubhouse. Indeed all right moving on to the fantasy football side of things we are getting you guys ready i know a lot of people are drafting right now and to be frank i am not a fantasy football expert which is why we brought in scott he's going to help get you ready now scott i know some years you know you want to have that number one pick because there's the stud guy everyone's got to get other years it's a little less clear this year if you're picking where do you want to be drafting you want to be up at the top or somewhere in the middle
1: Well, John's here because when we get to some more of the media stuff, it's great to have an insider voice because, you know, somebody who's on the beat and in the clubhouse can, can really give you additional insights that can really help you. But as a, as a fantasy professional, I can draft from anywhere, but, and there are advantages and disadvantages to drafting from every slot. Obviously in the top three, you get a chance at one of the top players. If you're at number one, You're the only person in the draft who can get any player you want. If you're at the end of, say, a 12-team league, John, you're the first person to get two players. Personally, I like to be right in the middle, say, five to seven. And six, say, in a 12-team league, five in a 10-team league. Because then you really don't have to wait too long for when the, your turn comes around every round. You're somewhere balanced. You're some in the middle. But you know a lot of leagues won't give you an opportunity to pick your draft spot. Some will. If you don't get an opportunity to pick your draft spot, John, remember, there are advantages and disadvantages to every draft slot.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> In terms of starting out with your draft, do you have one position you like to to focus on, or is it just depend on the player? How do you how do you work on the position side of it?
1: You know, John, how the Seahawks and Pete Carroll and John Schneider draft? It's always about a best available player. Very often, you know, they'll they'll address needs and, but look, you know, maybe Jackson Smith and Javon first round pick, probably the best player on the board right there. That's why why Pete and John took him. And it's a combination of that and fantasy together. It's you want to go with early early on in the draft. People say, should I start two running backs and two wide receivers? You know, should I pick a running back in the first round? Go a wide receiver. I go best available player overall to fill out the key spots in your starting lineups. So to me, what I want to do is. Not focus fo- so much on the first and second round because you got to let the draft come to you. You got to go with the flow. And Travis Kelsey is is so far ahead of a, over every other fantasy tight end that you want to get him in the first round, and the others go in the third. So what what I'm saying is is that there's no specific order to take players and get your best available because there there are things called like the zero running back strategy where you just take the top two wide receivers off the board then you wait on running backs. It depends on the flow of the draft, but in the first five rounds, I generally like to come out with two running backs, two wide receivers and a tight end.
0: Sounds like sound advice. What are your top players this year? Real quick, run through your top 10. All right.
1: Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase are easily the top two Uh, wide receivers off the board and the top two players off the board. Uh, Sometimes people take chase over Jefferson. I prefer Jefferson. Uh, Christian McCaffrey stayed healthy last year, Uh, has always finished among the elite running backs. Number four, I have Travis Kelsey because, again, he's in a tier by himself at the thinnest position in fantasy football. Five, I have Tyreek Hill. If he, if Tuatonga Viola plays most of the season, he'll could be the top fantasy scorer at wide receiver, maybe even challenge or outpace Jefferson. Jefferson has a little bit of a higher statistical floor. And number six, Austin Eckler. He is still uh playing at a prime level and is so versatile. Number seven, Cooper Cup. He's healthy going into this year, and he can easily challenge to be a top fantasy three wide receiver again. Stephon Diggs was top five and always will be last year in points per game and average points per game in his position. My number nine, and you might be able to get him two or three spots later, but I really like Saquon Barkley this year uh, because, you know, that Giants offense is going to be better. He's a centerpiece of it. And you know, Barkley is a terrific all-around fantasy running back. And then at the ten, John, we got a rookie Bijon Robinson of the oh. Atlanta Falcons, which you might even take a few spots earlier, I think, because when you look at this at the league right now, and the fact that. They took a spent a number to eight overall NFL draft pick on a running back and the Falcons were second in run pass ratio in the NFL last year. Bijan Robinson, some considered by some scouts to be a generational back, I like him as a late first round pick. And if you didn't hear CRDC Seahawks yet, don't worry. We got him coming.
0: <laughs> yeah. The uh focus on on balance, Pete Carroll loves, might make a little, and multiple running backs might make it a little tricky for the fantasy players, but they like what they have on offense either way. Now I know you've got a lot of different strategies. That's why we have you here. Fans want to hear your expertise. What's maybe a piece of advice you have when it comes to looking ahead at the draft and what's happening with the picks ahead of you?
1: Yeah, I I say don't do that. If you have the number <laughs> 8 pick, if you have the number 8 pick, don't try to guess what's going to happen in front of you because it's often a fruitless exercise. Don't interview the players who are ahead of you in the draft because they might not tell you the truth or they might change their mind at the drop of a hat based on what happens ahead of them. So you, I just go with the flow. I have my top eight players ready So my best players available. I just – Pick him right off the board. Don't speculate about what may be there. Don't don't focus on a specific
0: player. Focus on groups of players. Now, Scott, you wrote in your tips that you sent me, you said be aggressive to get what you want. What explain to fans what that means.
1: Because you if you you don't have to follow the hurt and What I mean by that is you just don't follow average draft positions, rankings. If you really like or the experts that you're reading and advice that you've heard from me or any other fantasy expert, if you like a certain guy, want to take him earlier than everybody else because you may not get him the next round, go ahead and do it. Like, for example, I had a... You know, we had the fantasy football expo in Canton, Ohio, this past weekend, and I was in a big expert draft, and I took Travis Kelsey at number five. I could have waited to get Patrick Mahomes in the third round, but I wanted to pair those guys together for fantasy upside. So in the second round, I took Patrick Mahomes two rounds ahead of where the next the next ranked quarterback went. But I said to myself, if I don't get home Mahomes now, I may not get him at all. So if you lurk like, like a certain player. You push him up the board and take him when you you want him. If you like Jackson Smith and Jigba so much this year and you want to take him as a fantasy wide receiver three when others are drafting him as a number four, take him earlier than what some rankings and average draft positions will indicate.
0: All right, good advice there. Now, when we look at fantasy football schedules, you got to worry about bye weeks, playoffs, all those things. What do you tell fans you start worrying about the, the bye weeks when they're drafting this week?
1: Don't do not do it because I always worry, worry about a quarterback because quarterback will be stable throughout the season. And you, you say you, you draft Geno Smith as a starter. You want to get somebody as a bye week who doesn't have the same bye week. So, you know, when Geno's off, you can plug somebody in. But otherwise, people will say, oh, they have a nice schedule for the fantasy playoffs in week 15 to 17. I don't do that because by that point of the season, your team is going to change so much from the one that you drafted, John, because of trades, waivers, injuries, etc. And And I, I, a lot of analysis is based on last season. You know, John, so much changes in the NFL from year to year with personnel, especially on defense that we don't see the same trends from year to year. And you could probably see that as, you know, we don't get a great handle on what the, the new trends in the league and teams that overcome expect, expectations and players that over expectations.
0: We don't really get a clear read on that until like four or five weeks into the season. Exactly, yeah. I mean, the, the league changes so much year over year. If you think, oh, week 16, that opponent's got a weak defense. That, that could be very different the next year than, than it was when they – that at the beginning of the season so yes that is a very important point to make for fans now when it comes to this podcast you're talking to a lot of Seahawks fans I know people love to draft their favorite players but for a winning strategy you probably want to steer clear too much of just focusing on your own team huh
1: right I mean it's it's a it's a prime rule of fantasy football not to be a homer john because you want to draft the guys that will are just the best on the board, pe- opposed to the ones that you don't like. Now there are different types of leagues, John. They're like you play with your family. You know those are more casual leagues, and everybody drafts for fun. That's fine, but it depends on the level of competition. The higher level of competition you play in, you know, the less you want to be a homer because it's not about drafting your your favorite players. It's the one that get gets you the most points for the most value. Fortunately, we got a lot of good Seahawk players where you could naturally take them, you know, where they'll fit. You know, if you if you want a really good high end fantasy quarterback number two, I mean, Geno Smith fits the bill. If you want an outstanding high end fantasy wide receiver too, DK Metf- Metcalf fills the bill, but fits the bill. But you just can't take players based on the uniform that they wear. And you can't also avoid players from the teams that you're not a fan of because they may play against the Seahawks overall or that week. I to people say, oh, I, you know, I can't draft that guy because he's from a team that I always root against, or if they're playing against the Seahawks. Well, you have to naturally understand that you know you want the Seahawks to win, and everybody reads this site wants the Seahawks to win. But when they play a game against another team, it's very rare that they're, you know, going to shut that team out. It's just they'll have a good defense this year, but it's rare to get a shutout. So at least when the other team scores. You can say, okay, I want the Seahawks to win, but at least when the other team scored, you know, it can benefit
0: my fantasy team. There you go. You just find the positive in everything that way.
1: So yeah, and just real quick on one of the other strategic points that yeah. I made about not trying to pick what happens ahead of time, you always have to be ready in every round for what's happening in the next round. Don't target specific guides. Queue up groups of players so when it comes to your turn, you have like three, four players ready. So you don't always say, Oh, you took my guy. You sniped me. I'm always, I never get sniped John ever, because I'm always ready with three, four, six players when it's my turn. As soon as you make a pick, start queuing up players for the next round.
0: Mm-hmm. You mentioned Gino Smith earlier. H- how do you assess him and where you're seeing people, you know, draft him in, in mock drafts or if, if he's, you know, where he's rated, how do you assess his ranking? Overall, he's getting drafted as
1: like a top 10 to 14 quarterback. And a lot of other fantasy experts I speak to feel that he's underrated. And I think he is too. Uh, you know, he's a high-end fantasy quarterback, number two. He finished number five overall in fantasy points total last year. And com also noted that he finished third on money throws, which are considered... Uh, the most timely in terms of being clutch and the most difficult third and deep ball accuracy. And now he gets Jackson Smith and Jigbo with GK Metcalf and Tyrell Lockett. The Seahawks arguably have the best wide receiver trio in the entire NFL. And, you know, Geno, comeback player of the year, there's no reason that I see an expected decline. I think with this receiver trio and with the offensive line, Abe Lucas and Charles Cross, you know, bookend tackle to give him better protection. And you you know what Pete's philosophy is, John, you know, set up the running game to to balance the pass, hit throws, timely throws, deep. You know, he has everything around him this year, I think, to be very successful. And a lot of people like to go for the top seven superstar quarterbacks. But if you don't, then you can wait. Gino can be a really solid fantasy starter.
0: You mentioned all these receivers. What do you, How do you rank that group? Who do you like? in terms of draft position of that Metcalf-Lockett-Smith-and-Jigba trio?
1: Well, you see this every week, John. You know, D.K. Metcalf commands so much defensive respect because not only we know he's an old explosive playmaker, but he's really improved as a route runner, possession receiver, etc. So he's a high-end fantasy wide receiver, too, to me. Uh, Tyler Lockett, no NFL wide receiver other than Tyler Lockett has a thousand yards and eight plus touchdowns in each of the last five seasons. Uh, Lockett is still to me is a, is a very good number three fantasy wide receiver. And Jackson Smith, the Jigba, everything he's been doing in camp, that stuff that you've been tweeting out that the Seahawks.com uh account has been tweeting out with all his camp film has created significant buzz in fantasy circles. I mean, he was a top dynasty wide receivers for those, for those of you don't play in those leagues. Dynasty is where you can carry over your roster year to year and you just draft rookies and free agents. He's created so much excitement that he could be the best Number three wide receiver in the NFL for fantasy purposes. I like him as a high-end fantasy wide receiver four with some fantasy wide receiver three potential. You know, here is here are three Seahawks receivers. You know, one's gonna go in the top first four rounds or five rounds. That'll be DK Metcalf. And you know, you're not gonna see title lockett go not too long thereafter. And you know, Jackson Smith DeJigma is gonna go in the seventh, eighth round of a lot of drafts and when you play in a league where you get one point or a half point perception, reception, uh, yeah, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigman is going to be going to be productive for those purposes because. John, aren't they looking at him as like you know really that guy to catch important third down passes and help Gino move the sticks?
0: Yeah, I mean he's been that slot guy. That's what they keep talking about. Pete Carroll loves him in that role. I mean we know they the Seahawks love to move their receivers around and kind of have everybody able to do everything, but they really like him focused on the slot, and that is a natural position we've seen over the years, whether it's Baldwin or Lockett working the slot. That can be that go-to third down guy, the guy that's gotta make those clutch catches. And yeah, I mean, I I always hate to overhype a rookie, but it's hard to overstate how impressive he's been in training <laughs> camp. Just everything we've seen. So that I get why fans are excited about him and the Seahawks are excited about him. Pete Carroll said on the radio this morning a lot more just great things about him. Kinda I don't know if he was serious or joking, but he made the point, you know, that first possession of the first first game this year he's going to expect the ball to find him at some point so you know it's 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 hard to say with that many receivers who's getting the ball how much each game but he will definitely be involved
1: and over the long term it's just here's a comparison maybe you could appreciate john he reminds me of doug ball when in the fact that he could challenge defenses at every level of the field
0: yeah for sure i mean that's that's a pretty fair comparison i think Running back, obviously, is always a big position in fantasy football. I think fans always get worried when they like one running back, and then the team goes out and adds another one. So when you look at Kenneth Walker, you know, almost probably, you could say, should have been rookie of the year last year, right up there in the voting, finished second, coming off a 1,000-yard season, nine touchdowns. How does adding a running back like Zach Charbonnet in the second round change things or affect the Seahawks at running back?
1: Yeah, a lot of fantasy players have questions about how this is going to work out. And what I tell them is, uh, you know, is Kenneth Walker is still a mid-range fantasy running back too. And as you know, John, Kenneth Walker is so explosive. Uh, he's capable of scoring from anywhere on the field. And really later last season, he's improved as an inside runner. But as we saw, we can go back to the 2020 playoffs, John. You and I there were there against the Eagles, you know, where Marshawn Lynch came back. So, you know, Pete, John, obviously they want to have as much running back depth as possible because, you know, it's just a very physical position where guys get injured. So, you know, they they have to have the depth, but also you don't want to overwork your running back in the NFL. And you can challenge defenses when you have two different types of running backs and keep them both fresh and give them different looks. So to me, Zach Charbonnet is the perfect complement to Kenneth Walker because The Seahawks, you know, looking to get better on third downs, he can grind out those tough yards and also play on third, third down as a receiver, catching passes out of the backfield. I think he's an ideal compliment. I think he's a very good fantasy running back for got him in two drafts this past weekend. And then you have Kenny McIntosh, who's a sleeper if he ever gets a chance to get extensive playing time, because skill wise, he kind of like Charbonnet. He can bang out tough yards and catch passes, uh, you know, Patty, do, do you see the backfield working out like that, John?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I we'll see how it goes with Charbonnet and and uh Walker. I think obviously Walker is going to be that lead guy, but it's kind of how many snaps is Charbonnet taking from him? Is he that third down back? Is he the guy coming in in the two minute situations? Things like that. Macintosh is kind of the wild card there. I, right? you know, we we saw some really good things out of him. Then he's been d- dinged up with some injury or with an injury, I should say. Um, so he's been out for a little bit. So, you know, it's, I get that fans always want to, who's going to do exactly, you know, what, how many carries are going to get. And we can't say week to week, but the big thing for this team is, you know, to play the style that Pete Carroll wants, you need running back depth so that you have, you know, as much as we love Marshawn Lynch, it's not ideal when you're signing a guy for a playoff game or for week 17, who hasn't been playing all season. So they want to have depth where they feel like if one guy's not available, the next guy can step up and be a lead back. And I think, you know, even if that makes it a little challenging for setting a fantasy lineup, it's going to help this team out in the long run. If they've got a lot of talented backs back there.
1: Yeah. That's like Pete talks about, right? Next man up, you know, when, when there's a challenging situation, but you know, for fantasy purposes, you could still draft Walker as your running back two, and Charbonnet can end up being a good flex option. Mm-hmm.
0: Now I know around here, there's a lot of optimism about the Seahawks defense improving, you know, Clint hurt in year two of a coordinator. They brought a lot of different guys in to shore up the defensive front, some, you know, big change on the defensive line. You bring in Bobby Wagner. We've got Jordan Brooks coming off of the pup list today. So just a lot of, a lot of things the Seahawks hope will be trending in the right direction, but from a fantasy sp- fantasy perspective what's kind of the outlook on the seahawks defense
1: well you know you spoke a lot to that because last year the seahawks were just outside the top 10 in the fantasy defense they were very respectable they averaged just over seven points a game but we base fantasy defensive scoring off of how much the other team scores but also sacks and turnovers are heavy Mm -hmm. so you know I, i i believe of course and you can even speak more to this john I think the pass rush is obviously going to be improved under Clint Hart this year, but the secondary just looks so good. and so deep when Jamal Adams is back, that only adds to the pass rush, but the secondary is so deep that interceptions are so important in fantasy football that I see upside more for the Seahawks fantasy defense. You know, that said we stream a lot in fantasy football and defense. We don't use the yeah. same unit every week, but when they have the right matchup, I think there's upside. Do you
0: see more sacks and turnovers for the defense this year? Yeah, I mean, they were actually, you know, I think they probably, if you look at the numbers, their sack total was higher, you know, ranked higher than a lot of fans might think when you just who the elite passers teams where they were in that, I think, top 10 of, of sacks. But, you know, they went out, uh, add Derek Hall in the second round. They're expecting Draymond Jones and Jaron Reed to be good interior pass rush guys. And then, as you said, when Jamal Adams is back, that's a pass rush weapon they didn't have. Um, but, you know, to me, the big thing in terms of what this defense needs to do overall, that's the big focus, is run defense. And I know those rushing yards alone aren't a huge fantasy factor, but if they can do that, that's where teams have to throw more, which is when all of a sudden those sack numbers go up those interceptions can go up. So, yeah, I I do see what you're saying that, you know, even though maybe just yards and points allowed, the Seahawks weren't up in the elite defenses last year that, you know, if they get a little better in a few areas that we could see those big numbers, you know, the interceptions, the turnovers, the, the sacks really increase. Yeah, definitely. You know, if if they can improve the run defense,
1: that means uh, other teams will get in the end zone less. Exactly.
0: Now looking kind of, Back to a league-wide perspective, when we just look at these different position groups, quarterback. You know how, how do you how do you focus on that group? Where you draft guys? You know the depth of the of the position, all that.
1: Gone are the days, John, when fantasy experts used to say, "Wait on quarterback; it's a deep position." Yeah, you know now if you want one of the top three, which is like Hurts, Mahomes, Allen, you got to do it in the first two rounds. That's what the average draft positions on fantasypros.com are indicating to us. After that, uh, I love Justin Fields. 11.43 rushing yards last year. And no one was even close at the position. And they're not going to stop him from running this year. And they added DJ Moore to overall improve the receiving core. Lamar Jackson has the best receiving crew of his career, of course. Joe Burrow, he's going to be fine for the regular season from all reports. Justin Herbert, and then Trevor Lawrence is on the rise. Those are your top seven to eight. But then after that, ADPs and, and drafts I've been in say you can kind of wait at the position until a little later. After that, you know, maybe get a Tua Tunga Viola, maybe get a Geno Smith. Daniel Jones is a good value. He was a top 10 fantasy quarterback last year in points per game and overall. And now he gets Darren Waller and Paris Campbell and Jalen Hyatt, et cetera. He, he can be a good value, you know, and, and then, you know, there there's there you, you should wait if you don't get one of the top three at the top seven, but you got, you got to go hard to top if you want one of those super elite quarterback. But there are about 15 quarterbacks that you can feel comfortable with, John. But if you play in a super flex league or a two-quarterback league, a super flex league allows you to, to start a second quarterback mm-hmm. and those are becoming more popular. You got to come out with two quarterbacks in the first four rounds.
0: Okay. Now I know... Back in the day, it used to be you draft running backs. Everybody in the first round is taking a running back. It's just all the top running backs go, 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 and that's not the case anymore. Where's the value of that position compared to what it used to be? It used to
1: dominate the first round, like you used to say. We'd see nine, ten running backs go out of the first 12 picks, but it's half, maybe five, sometimes the first round. If – if uh you know, wide receivers are dom- and Kelsey are dominating the first round a little bit more. If you don't get one of say the elite running backs, you can you can wait a little bit, but I would say, you know, I still want to get one of the top ten as my ideal running back one if I can. If you like wide receivers so much that you come out of a draft, say, like I did last week with with two very good wide receivers like one draft i came out with cd lamb and garrett wilson to say okay i'm gonna wait on a running back and then i came around the next round i said i can't take a running back you know dk Metcalf's still there so i ended up with cd C. lamb garrett wilson and dk metcalf and i just waited it's not by design but it became a what they call a zero running back theory which i write about on the gameday.com if you want to see more of it but I ended up with, say, getting Miles Sanders and Damian Pierce later on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they don't want to dominate the top position, but you can get a a McCaffrey. You can get an Eckler at the top half of the first round. You can't ignore it. Late in the first round, a Saquon Barkley, a Bijon Robinson. you do it. But like I said earlier, you have to go with the flow. Nothing is by pure design. You have to take a loose approach in the draft to go with the flow.
0: Now, when it comes to the pass catchers, those elite tight ends and the receivers, those are the guys you gotta jump on early, correct? Yeah, I, I think you know wide receiver, a lot of leagues
1: will will ask you to start three. I like getting one of those top ten or so uh whenever you can in the first round or towards the mid middle end of the second round, uh, because if you go running back, running back. It weakens the top wide receiver position a little bit, but there are about 13, 14 guys that you can get your wide receiver one. Generally, I like to come out with one of my top 30 wide receivers. You can see my top 30 on seahawks.com under the news tab under fantasy insider. If I could ideally get one of my top 30, 35 wide receivers, like three of them in the top, in the top 35, I'm comfortable John, where I'm much more rigid as tight end. If I can't get, I always have to get one of the top six. Well, you know, which is like Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, who, who I love this year, George Kittle. Because after that, the position is very inconsistent statistically because, you know, tight ends they play dual roles. You know, they have to block, they have to catch, especially when they're young. There's a learning curve. The scoring is much less consistent outside of the top six. I really don't want to deal with that
0: inconsistency.
1: Personally. Mm
0: -hmm. You mentioned earlier when we talked about the Seahawks defense, you know, people like to stream defenses you know unless unless you're talking 2013 seahawks you know 85 bears 2000 ravens you're probably not sticking with one defense all season so how does that affect you know when you're drafting in august how you look at what defense you want to add
1: yeah i think what a mistake that a lot of fantasy players make is they'll draft the defenses based on the overall rankings I look at the week one matchups because you're streaming, you're changing every week based on the matchups. You don't want to draft the jets and then they play Buffalo in week one and you can't use them. So, you know, I look for teams that have good week one matchups or good week one and week two matchups. Say like, New Orleans, you know, Denver, San Francisco, except San Francisco is obviously going to be one of the top defenses ranked. But the fact they have great early season matchups because you're going to base who you start based on the opposing offense. So, as much as we like the Seahawks defense more this year, we're not going to look at them to start them fantasy-wise, say when they play Cincinnati and Philadelphia throughout the year, you're going to be cutting and picking up defenses on waivers all year. And in season, we'll have those recommendations on Seahawks.com for you.
0: Fitting that we wait almost to the end to bring up kickers. They they might be the overlooked part of fantasy football, but but they matter too. I mean, they they score a lot of points. Just what what's your strategy when it comes to kickers?
1: Don't ignore them just don't look at rankings because kickers when your your positional players fail to meet that statistical projection expectation into every week they can save your week you know myers can kick four to five field goals and get you double mid-dub mid double, mid mid teens production that can save your week you know be just don't take the kickers that are on the top offenses uh sometimes the teams that move into scoring positions but not always in the red zone, they can be very useful. And overall, don't ignore what a front office does. You know, when they like a guy, you know, the 49ers actually drafted Jake Moody with a high NFL draft pick. That means that means they that he's go, that he's going to be a very good NFL kicker. But I, I also look at that at other positions really quick, like uh, you know, Alexander Madison with, with the Vikings, they cleared the way for him mm-hmm. to be a top running back without any competition. So he'll get volume when a front office clears the way for a guy to be the main player. And I'll talk about this, you know, real quick with Jordan love. He, he's he I'll talk about that. When, when we get to our next topic.
0: Mm-hmm. And that next topic, the one, I think a lot of fans really want, they think this is that this could be what helps you win your league makes a big difference. Who, Scott, are your sleepers for this year that, that might help people win their leagues?
1: All right, I'll give you one from every position, but you want to see all of them, you have to go to seahawks.com fantasy and target page. There you go. My Good quarterback plug. is Jordan Love. Okay. Like I said, a front office clears the way for somebody to be a starter. That means that the Green Bay front office is very strong. You know, Jonah Schneider can tell you that. Uh they've cleared the way for him to be a starter with little competition. He's mobile. He throws a good ball. Even if he starts slowly, I believe Jordan love can, can, uh, have some more fantasy value than, uh, than, than some people are actually thinking. And I also think Russell Wilson could have a real rebound season under Sean Payton.
0: All right. What, what do we got beyond uh, quarterback? How about your sleeper? You got receivers and, uh, running backs for us. Oh yeah, I have. Yeah, I mean, players at all. Positions. Yeah, let's, <laughs> it's, uh, let's, let's, Zach, let's do a sleeper in every we position.
1: Go, we, we have to we have to go with we running a Seahawk, you know, Zach Charbonnet mm-hmm. at running back. You know, this is this is a guy you can get outside the top thirty at running back, and like I said, you can even speak more to the scouting report, John. You know, very physical. We've already seen that in the preseason. Will will good body lean. Will will battle for extra yardage, and he can catch passes out of the backfield if he gets a chance to play extensively at any point, he will be an automatic fantasy starter with some upside.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that, that physicality he showed in the, in the fa- in the preseason game. I I got to think that's going to lead to some good short yard situations for him. And also we saw him right off the bat in his first preseason game, getting some of those third down snaps. And that's, that can be a hard role to earn for a rookie because of the ha- pass protection side of it. But if he's that third down guy, there's gonna be a lot of pass catching opportunities as well. So yeah, I mean we Yeah,
1: and there's an even deeper sleep, deeper from the Seahawks on that fantasy insider page.
0: Yeah, I think we know who that could be. How about uh how about your receivers? My receivers
1: I love from the New York Giants, Jalen Hyatt. Uh on NFL.com, the scout preseason scouting reports compared him to Sean Des- Jackson, and he has been lighting up camp John just incredible speed and incredible gears. It's like, you know, you're a Seahawks historian. I'm like, Whoa, is this Joey Galloway again or something like that? It's just a, you know, incredible separation gear, downfield speed. Nobody house else has that element on a Giants team that really needed to improve their receiving core.
0: All right. And then tight ends. I think we all know the big names, but if you can't get one of those very top guys who might help you out,
1: I like Jelani Woods at the Indianapolis Colts as a deep sleeper. Anthony Richardson has already been named the starter, and v- very often young young quarterbacks will rely a lot on their tight ends. Yeah, that's, Jelani that's Woods showed flashes. There. Yes. Jelani Woods showed flashes of promise last year, uh, especially in two games. He's 6'7", 253 on two key passing downs and near the goal line. I think Jelani Woods has some real promise.
0: All right. I think that covers the positions for sleepers. Any other last words of wisdom you'd like to impart to, to the Seahawks fans out there listening before they draft their fantasy teams?
1: Of course, you know, of course have fun, you know, but above everything, I, I always stress, you know, go with the flow, let the draft come. to You don't try to project things necessarily ahead of time. And remember the draft is just the beginning. It's your foundation. You know, there's so much more work to be done. But keep updated on preseason news on seahawks.com and lots of fantasy other other fantasy football websites. NFL.com will have have your player news, etc. You know, we'll keep updating things on our site. You know, it's important to stay on top of the headlines and draft as close to the season as you can, because then you'll have as much information as possible.
0: There you have it, folks. That is Scott Engel getting you ready for fantasy football season. One of the very best in the business. Find him on Seahawks.com fantasy insider page follow him on twitter at scott e the king that's scott and the letter e the king he will keep you up to date all season long on your fantasy football needs scott thanks so much for joining us today
1: yeah and uh thanks for having me and uh look forward to every week i'll be on the seahawks uh, insiders podcast giving you some more weekly recommendations so you know
0: we'll help you all season long awesome thanks again scott talk to you later